Hello, and welcome back to Work at Life. I'm Maddie Grant, culture consultant at Propel, and I'm here with my super smart co-host, Sonia Lucina, president of the Workforce Division at Question Pro, and she's also an awesome organizational psychologist. Work at Life is a show for everyone, whether you're an employee or an employer, who believes that work should be fulfilling and allow us to learn and grow given that we spend so much time working. This means that we explore a ton of different topics related to both work and life in general, of course, but what's different is that we look at burning issues through the lens of both the individual and the organization. And we want you to leave every episode with at least one new idea. So I hope you'll let us know what new ideas you get from listening to Work at Life. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Sonia because we have a an awesome guest for today who is a repeat guest. She was so great that we brought her back. <laughs> so Sonia, do you want to give a little intro background to our Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Maddie. And welcome back, Meg. It's so lovely to have you. Um, Meg is actually a friend that we made during the pandemic um, online. Still even had a chance to hug her in person, but hopefully on, on one of my hopefully trips to Chicago sometime soon, that'll happen. Uh, but Meg really la left a lasting impression on us um, before we even met. And then when we had an opportunity to speak with her in, in one of our actually first shows, just about her passion for life, her approach to her work. And um, she is a CEO at a non-consultancy called Inspirant Group. And just everything that she talked about from not only herself as a person and how she opened up about um, her upbringing and her recent years and really finding herself, but also just how she runs her organization, how she connects with her colleagues, her view and outlook on life. It, it is just all really inspiring. And so in one of our last conversations with Meg, we talked about this you know, very complicated moment in time that we're in now and how organizations are returning to work. And Meg, you know, focuses and specializes in organizational culture is, is a part of, you know, this way of really bringing the best out of people and creating the best cultures where people can thrive. And we thought that, you know, this topic is far from behind us. And there's still so much that organizations are defining and redefining and finding their way. And so we thought there's absolutely no better person to have this conversation with than Meg. So welcome back, Meg. I don't know if there is anything you want to add about you or your company or anything else before we kick off our conversation. I mean, so nice. Let's do it twice, right, ladies? <laughs> yes. Of course. And Sonia, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Congrats on all your major success on this podcast. Um, honestly, when we spoke last, doesn't it, it feels like a lifetime ago, but also like yesterday. Yes. <laughs> because time has no meaning anymore. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it so true? I mean, it's just like, it is really what a time to be alive. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we'll get into that in this conversation today. Um, but I really do think this is a revolution and, and we go through those, you know, pretty often. Um, and, and here in the States, I liken it to all of our industrial revolutions that we've been through over the years, but it really is on a global scale. And um, yeah. there's just so much to think about and take in. And so even since uh, the last time I had the great joy of being on your podcast, the world has changed 10 times, hasn't it? <laughs> so so here yeah, we are so with... Um, 
you know, navigating year three of the pandemic and what that looks like for organizations and how they're managing. Oh, I don't even, you know, part of me sometimes wakes up and I know the pandemic is still very much around us, but some normalcy, at least to my life. And, and I live in Argentina and we've had a little bit of different cycles in different places have. Sometimes I feel like for a moment, like, okay, it's behind us, it's behind us. And they have this reminder that like, you know, it's really not from a health standpoint yet, but then also from this redefinition standpoint, I think that that's gonna, you know, hopefully um, the pandemic will officially end, if, if it can, if there is such a thing as an official end, but that this like reinvention and the way that people rethink things will last long after that, because it's going to continue to challenge us, you know, to think about, well, the next, you know, the last step that we took, was it really the best one? What do we learn from it? Because I also, it could be the best one. I guess I want to rephrase that. It's not that like a last step might not be the best, but it shouldn't be the last. So how do we continue to evolve? And out of each step that an organization takes, what do we learn from it? And how do we know in which direction to take the next one? And so I loved that well, we'll kick ourselves off with a data point because I think it'll take us in an interesting conversation. And Meg, this is the question that you had shared that you had asked of your LinkedIn network. And then we thought, okay, let's ask, you know, through the, the question pro integration, let's ask the works, the general workforce in the U.S. and find out from people, from workers, um, that if their company is requiring them to return to the office, do they know why or what do they believe is the reason why? And the answers were actually quite interesting is that 29% had said that is to increase collaboration. 24% um, was to observe productivity. 19% said that, you know, well, we're paying for office space, so better go back. <laughs> and then there was a tie between, um, you know, people saying combating culture erosion and then just, you know, a variety of other reasons. And so I know Meg, like I mentioned, you were the one, the first one that actually came up with this question and reached out to your personal network about it. What prompted you to ask? And what did you find? Like, where it's like, oh, I, I need to, I need to know what people are saying and how much they know. Um, what did you think of the answers? Um, surprised and not surprised. Can I say that at the same time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's 2022. You can say anything. <laughs> like time, like Maddie was saying. Yeah, like time has no meaning yet. <laughs> um, so I was prompted because, you know, I know like there's been some stutter steps to getting back to office over the last, I'd say 18 months, you know, some last summer, right? When there was that little lull in between the OG variant and Delta, um, right? Things felt like a little bit back to normal. And so people weren't wearing masks. I think people were starting to go back into the office and um, <clears throat> that quickly, you know, retreated. And then I know um, we had some of our clients going back in the fall and then that quickly retreated. So yep. we're trying to get back, but each time, you know, the conversation, I, I just think about why? Um, and I'm even seeing it. So now I do have some people in my life who have been back in the office and they are doing. So I, I wrote a, a Forbes article almost a year ago um, saying, like, don't have people go to the office just to sit in an office on a Zoom call all day. And this is happening to these people, you know, because not everybody's in at the same time or people are dispersed now. I mean, people have been hiring out of the area. So maybe part of your team's in a different state. So you're going to be on a Zoom call with them anyway. And it just, it is so 
disheartening and exhausting yeah. for people to commute and, you know, put on pants that probably don't fit anymore and put on shoes with laces, um, you know, to go and sit on a Zoom call all day when they can do that from the comfort of their own home and right. cutting out the commute. And they've shown that they can do that for the last two plus years. So why now? Why, why are we making people go back? And I, and so that was, that was a real genuine question. Do you know why your organization is asking you to come back into the office? And so those are just a couple of things I had heard that I put in there. And then I was like, tell me others, what am I missing? You know, what are you hearing? But it sounds like that, um, increasing collaboration is really one of them. And Maddie, I saw you, you and I both shake, you know, said, Oh, at the same time, what was your initial thought on that? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because we've been seeing exactly this with, um, some of the clients that we're working with around hybrid workplace and, you know, they they come at the issue around logistics. So who's coming in on Tuesdays and Thursdays and who's coming in on Wednesdays and Fridays and what, you know, like all that kind of stuff. When in actual fact, they do want collaboration. That is the reason, but they haven't defined what that means for them exactly. Like, is it, you know, building relationships through the water cooler, the mythical water cooler, right? Which don't even get me started. That's a whole nother podcast conversation. But I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I know you will be. Yeah, but it's it's like that, you know, building relationships organically is important. That is true, right? But also there's collaboration that's defined as working with other teams, not just your own team on, you know, cr cross-functional projects. Um, and then there's collaboration like, um, you know, for HR departments, like how do they get, new hires to know everybody. Like there's 1800 different ways to, to define it. But the point is you have to define it because the way that you define it actually directly affects like the layout and the planning of your office space. You know what I mean? Like, like planning your office space for a lot of social interaction, like a big turn the whole thing into a big giant lunchroom. Sounds awesome. Actually, sounds pretty cool. You know, make it like a Starbucks cafe type of thing yeah. where people can just meet up all day long in small groups. Um, you know, that's totally different than a whole bunch of modular meeting rooms with Zoom capability, because like you said, there's always people on Zoom in every meeting. There's going to be people calling in remotely. Um, you know, so it's just yeah, it's just the idea that you really have to just define it. And then my other eye roll, I'll, I'll stop talking in a minute. My other eye roll was on the whole observe productivity. Oh, oh yeah. Well. Just to get out of the 1900s, please. <laughs> I mean, for real. Why are you I thought, people you can't yeah. trust? That is my question. Why are you hiring yeah. people? Like, if you hire grownups to do a job, then trust them to do their job or hire or don't hire them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and when I looked at those two answers too, like the increased collaboration is like, okay, like to everything that you're saying, like I completely agree. And I've actually never worked in a company where my entire team has been in the same city, like quite the contrary, like forget even like not commuting and going from home. It's like different cities, different countries. So collaboration thing wouldn't, but like, at least like I give it kind of like, all right, like collaboration, it's a good, but then in like observe productivity is like kind of a smack in the face. It's like, oh, yeah. and the one thing, like we want you to be better. And the other one's like, well, we don't trust you. 
So the only way we're going to trust you is if we can see you. <laughs> like, ah, it's terrible. It's so, it just is so archaic. Doesn't it just feel like I hear this stuff and I'm, I mean, like you were saying that, like, what century are we in that you have to watch people do their job? I mean, we're not, and, and so something that's also been coming to mind for me is this idea of knowledge workers. That's the world that I live in, right? So it's people yeah. who, um, I think Peter Drucker first coined this term in, in the 20th century, but it's the idea of the people like whom I work with, my clients in corporate America who produce ideas um, yeah. is really what, you know, so, so observing people in a manufacturing environment, making sure they're putting the right widget in the right place. Sure, maybe, but how do you really observe knowledge workers? Like, are you walking by to make sure they're not playing solitaire? Then don't <laughs> exactly. person, you know? like, I don't know yeah. what to do. Are you trying to make sure they're not on Facebook all day? Like, I just, then that's not the yeah. right you, well, and that's like where like the happens too that people yeah. Facebook all day. So. Well, and that's like the organizational psychologist in me dies a little bit every time that happens because I think about like you know the first principles of like goal setting and being clear on a person's objectives and helping them achieve those, and none of that is tied to like observing like what time did somebody exactly sit down at their computer, and it's maybe saying you no. Know, and I've had this conversation with my team before because I've always tried to be flexible. But I remember telling somebody like they had, you know, they started to have a very variable schedule in the morning. And I just said, it's a little tough for me because sometimes I need you first thing in the morning because we work with different time zones. And actually, I'm not sure when to count on you. So I'm okay being flexible, but can you come in or be, well, at that point we were in the office. In the remote work is like, can you be available by X time? So I know that before it's okay. Like whether you're taking care of yourself or your family or whatever, it's none of my business. Um, but it's really hard for me if I have no idea when I can find you. And that person was totally okay with it. And they're like, oh, you're right. I get it. I really appreciate the flexibility, but I also understand what's going on on the flip side. So I think it's also like redefining or understanding even with different people, like what kind of flexibility do they need? And then figuring out how to redefine those norms. And I think a lot of people that have been structured and follow like, you know, we go in the office and we work a nine to five or whatever, you know, hours it is. Um, why? Like, what comfort does that give you and what's the trade-off? And then how do you work in that? Like, how do you redefine that to say, well, just because we give you flexibility doesn't mean it's going to be the Wild West and all rules are out the window and you're never going to be able to find anyone and you're never going to Like, no, no, no. It's just thinking about things differently. But like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's taking us a while to change that mindset. And then also like, I'm, I'm curious how much, either one of you have, you know, researched into like also communication with people. And so organizations make these choices and decisions. And then what do we tell others? Like, how do we say that? Like, hey, we're going to do this for X reason. And how much do employees believe it? <laughs> like, well, oh, it's for my well-being bananas. You know, I don't buy that well, for a second. They're like, oh, I do. Well, and it's like the whole thing about collab the de definition of collaboration, because a lot of companies I've seen will say that it's important for people to come back into the office because of collaboration. But then, like you said, I think Sonia or Meg, I forget who said it, but, you know, then they come back and they're stuck in their cubes. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't match, you know, the words out of your mouth. That was part of the LinkedIn poll that I did, Sonia. Someone posted on there, why do why did they say we're going back to the office or why do I think we're going back to the office? Yes. Um, so, you know, 
yes, communication is so important. I mean, it always has been, but um, not any, I mean, like now is the most important time to know how to communicate. There was a fortune article that came out just in this last week that again was just like, okay, managers are done with this hybrid work. Everyone's going back to the office. And it was like, I saw um, that. Did you see it? I know. Now they're head shaking. I know you guys can't see us, but we're just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's that's a manager problem, not a worker problem, right? And so, so the manager never figured out how to manage people remotely effectively. Um, and, and a huge part of that is communicating and communicating honestly and clearly. And, and even when people might not like the answer, at least you're being honest about it. like, you know what? We need you to come back because we paid a million dollars for this office space and a three-year lease. And so we want to use it as much as possible, but can you give us some ideas on the best way to do that? Maybe we yeah. make it look like a Starbucks cafe or maybe, you know, there, cause there is something to being in person. I will absolutely 100% yeah. say that. Inspirant Group was founded in 2017. So we were pre-pandemic and we were a remote first culture from the get-go. We're all, I'm putting in air quotes here, experienced consultants. So we've done the road warrior thing. We did not want to do that anymore. So we formed this as a camera on culture. We got used to communicating in this way pre-pandemic. So we hit the ground running when everyone else started moving into this kind of environment. But that being said, we always found time to get as many people who wanted to together in person because there are certain conversations you can't have over a Zoom that you would have sharing a glass of wine at a restaurant or doing a team building activity where you know, I'm putting a, a paper bag on your head. I don't know. We never did it like that. <laughs> just what? I just gave up the whole new team building activity. Trust falls or whatever, right? Um, so there is something that, to be said about those types of interpersonal interactions that you have breaking bread across a table from somebody. But you can't force those. Those are organic. Like those need to happen. I mean, you, you can be intentional in setting those up. Um, it's not going to happen if, if people are feeling forced into a situation. As opposed to well, I wonder, yeah, I think you're onto something. Do I wonder in all these uh, office redesigns, has anybody thinking about putting in a wine bar? Because I think that'd be brilliant. <laughs> like if you think, I think like everybody thinks people are going to walk around the halls and like Maddie, you said, go to this like proverbial, like water cooler and boom, the next great idea is going to happen. It's all like, really like, no, usually like I'm just running because I'm in between meetings and I'm trying to like fill up my water bottle and I'm hoping that nobody's going to run into me because I have like literally like two minutes that I can be late to my next meeting that I can fill up my water bottle. Um, so, but there are those kinds of things of like, how do you create those moments? But I think Meg, um, you were saying something earlier that also made me think about like how diversity and inclusion plays a role in all of this. Mm. So when you think about physical spaces, oftentimes it's much more challenging to include a diverse group because you're in a particular city. And oftentimes you're working with like maybe a specific demographic or it's much easier to get people with diverse backgrounds, diverse thoughts, diverse ages, race, ethnicity, like the basics from all around the country. And then if you're going to do that, if you're going to make that the focus and that inclusion and the communication becomes even more critical. So I think to me, again, I, I completely agree. And I'm like, Oh my God, like one of the first things is I said, you know, I've never seen Meg and I can't wait to give her a huge hug. And Maddie, like it's been like probably four years since I've seen oh. you like it, it's nuts. Um, so I love that. And I think there's no substitute, but I think as we rush back to those things for all the pros, 
we're forgetting some of the really significant significant cons that it can create if we don't think about yeah. how to overcome some of these communication challenges or just making the culture more adaptable for different lifestyles. Well, I mean, the, the water cooler thing I was going to rant about is <laughs> the fact that that it's that is inequitable, right? Not everybody has access to hallways with water coolers where they run into colleagues and have time to chat. Like some people are are at their desks and don't are not allowed to go wander around the halls. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot wrong with that. <laughs> but I also agree that being in person is important. Sonia, what that brought up for me is this article that I did not write and the title may not be very popular, but I'm going to share it anyway. It's from Time. Um, and this really just struck a note with me, you know, along those lines of diversity and inclusion. The Time article is called No One Wants to Go Back to the Office as Much as White Men. And it's a great article and I, we can link to it or we can share it um, in, the, in the podcast notes perhaps. But um, thinking about, right, like, like offices were designed for men in mind because they're really cold. Like how many times were you sitting in the office with your sweater and your, you know, gloves <laughs> on the desk, like, right? So there's little things like that, you know, like the temperature is a certain amount because men are wearing their suit jackets and it's all very like Mad Men-esque, like 1960s. It's really like this idea of going into the office. Um, but I mean, you raised just an excellent point. I mean, what has happened in the last, you know, two plus years with the pandemic, and I, I think also our collective awakening of how um, underrepresented, uh, underrepresented so many people are in corporate America and how so many things need to change. So like I said, at the start of this, we are in a revolution. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm so fortunate. I've got such a great group of friends and um, a handful of us try to do a monthly, we call it, we used to call it supper club. Now it's just like go to a restaurant. <laughs> um, but uh, we were sitting and talking. I, I did, you know, I had these big proclamations and one of them was like, the world of work is changing. I'm just like very passionate about it. I'm like, nothing will ever go back to the way it was. We have to embrace that this is now the future and we're in a revolution and we can't wish the way things were because this is how they are. And it was crickets. Oh, no. <laughs> Good friends. And you know, we're, we're having wine and trying to enjoy dinner. And I'm like, you know, pounding on the table, standing on my soapbox. And it was just like, okay, Meg, you know, <laughs> I do truly believe that. I do think that. Yeah trying to um that that the the world has changed the shape of the world has changed and we're trying yeah. to put new shape back in the old box but it doesn't fit in there anymore and so we have to i mean we are smart people so we have to you know thinking about office space in the city and, and the concerns that i know like the the governor of new york and the mayor of new york have about how many people are not going back into the office and what is that going to do for downtown New York? I think we have a similar concern here in Chicago and, and then the way people commute in, you think about the commuter trains and um, all of this is going to change, but we're smart people. So we can come up with new ways of approaching this, these problems and what we can do now, but trying to make everyone go back to the way things were is not the solution. Right. And uh, my partner, Jamie would say the toothpaste is out of the tube. There you go. There you go. That's a much better one with my weird box. Much better. <laughs> I mean, I think we can safely say that both Sonia and I are 
are super aligned with your passion for this. Like we're, I mean, that's what this whole show is about, honestly. Um, but I also have this fear that some of these, um, I don't want to get political, but the sort of patriarchal systems that have been set up have like a, a gravitational pull to them. You know what I mean? So it's like we have this amazing window right now to make some change. Uh-huh. But if we wait too long, these systems might just overcome, right? Because these these people are still our, our bosses, right? They're still the ones who pay our, our paychecks. Like, sure, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people can can walk away, you know, and change jobs and great resignation, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that that don't have that luxury who are still Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's just so important for us to all be having conversations like this, like all the time and to be actually taking action in as many ways as we can think of to make sure that this, this window of change is actually opened all the way, (laughs) you know, so we can really Mm -hmm. make the change happen. And I think I think an actionable way for your listeners um, to make that change to take advantage of this opportunity that we have is to um, if you feel like something isn't right, um, give yourself the courage to speak up about it because people somebody else likely agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Someone needs to be the first person to say you know, this, this is hard, or this isn't right, or let's make a change. And if your organization, if the organization that you work for is not reassessing literally everything right now, and I'm not exaggerating, like you need to be looking at everything (laughs) in your organization from the policies to the people, to the processes, the way you get work done, what your uh, objectives core value or your organization's core values are, um, why are you in existence? What's your purpose? All of this. Like you need to be mm. looking at all of this stuff. If your organization, if you work for an organization that's not doing that, find someone in your organization that will listen to you about the importance of doing that right now. Because the organization, um, even if it lasts, uh, it will be um, a, a difficult place to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that as a as a closing statement, don't you think, Sonia? Yes. Oh, I I mean, Maggie was thinking about that dinner and girlfriend. Next time that conversation comes up, the three of us have to be at the table because we'll be right there with you, with the wine, with the soapbox, all of it. Um, so I feel like this this conversation is definitely to be continued. But thank you again so much. I love having you on. I will we'll definitely have to bring you back because even the second time was not enough. Yeah, there's more there's so much more. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about these really important topics and, and to share with your audience. And again, folks listening, you can make a change. It's, sometimes it's hard and it's scary, but um, find that courage and you never know what good will come out of just raising your hand and being like, I actually think things should be a little bit different. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much, Meg, again, for coming and for thank being our you. fabulous guest. Maddie, thank you. Always a pleasure <laughs> to share this space with you. And for all of you who joined our conversation, thank you so much. Thank you for caring enough about this topic to spend time on it and listen to us. And um, we hope you learned a lot and that it really helps you 
shape the way you want to work in the future and find a culture and create a culture that's truly fulfilling to you. So thank you, ladies, again. Thank you, everybody listening. And we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.